Hello. Welcome to another week's edition of Good Hello. Band, Bad Band, where we listen to two artists whose music sounds very different, but their names are similar. This week we're talking about Adele, the funky homo sapien. They say the time's supposed to heal you, but I ain't done much I am Jared. Caleb. This is Tyler. What a uh, what a thrilling, uh, yes. thrilling song to start with. Yes. Uh, at the beginning of this episode, that. I almost had writer's block. You did, huh? Yeah, but but I had a an infant child, and, and it all changed for me. Like it, what happened with Adele? Mm. That means uh, that yeah, that makes sense. Sure. Yes. I wouldn't say that song's all that. Uh... All right. Listen, you don't start with this nonsense now. Well, you're, you started with saying, the song. You're not saying the song's what now? I listened to that song, and guess what? It's stupid. Mm. It's stupid? Yeah. It's ho- it's wholly self-centered, and uh, I remember being 25. I, I thought to myself when I listened, I was like, remember when you were 25 and the things that you thought. And then the other song off 25 that we listened to this week, we was on there before this one, right? So it was the song before. So that's where I said, remember when you were 25? I was like, okay, I guess this makes sense because you know, you're still kind of stupid sometimes. I mean, yeah. And uh, then I listened to Hello and I was like, this song is not, this is not good. The lyrical content's dumb. It's all about uh, her making herself feel good because she attempted to reach out to someone she's wronged previously, but she's done it so late that they don't care. <laughs> because you suck a lot and you didn't do anything about it. And now she's like, at least I can say I try to feel good about myself. It clearly doesn't hurt you anymore. Yeah, because I hate you. And I don't want to ever talk to you again. So why do you keep trying to call me as if things are all normal, you idiot? Now that you're a couple of years older, you're dumb. That is that is a take on the song that I had not really considered. Listen to the lyrics. That's exactly what it is. I mean, you're, I mean, I, I, I'm not saying that that's not what it is. It's just that like I didn't interpret it as like her being the asshole in that situation. It is the, uh, yeah, and that's what it, uh, yeah. yeah. I I didn't initially when I heard this when it came out. Yes. But I listened to to the lyrics this time because I was like I might as well listen to the lyrics here, and that's what it is. She sucks. She said I'm so. I said she tried to tell. Tell this person that she's sorry that she broke their heart, but clearly it doesn't bother them anymore. Yeah. Because you did it a while back, and you're just, why are you telling me this now? You should, why didn't you apologize to begin with, instead of sucking forever? She could have just started, hey, yeah. dot, dot, dot. It's and, me. I've been reflective, and I, I realized I was an ass. Oh, that's wonderful. I realized that when you did it, so I'm confused as to why it took you so long. Please quit talking to me. Why do you think this song has a, you know a billion listens on Spotify and was one of the fastest videos on YouTube to reach wasn't a, a billion views in like what like 88 days or something like that yeah something like that you can travel around the world in that much time you mm-hmm. know around the world in 88 days 88. my favorite movie uh yes the times when we could travel i don't know why do you think it did i don't know i mean I, people com- love her cuz it's yeah cuz it's a comeback kind of thing what was it for her, the previous one was 21 right so yep. it's four years yeah you know and then this is a single honestly it's probably the best song on the album i listened to when we listened to uh 
when we were young, I don't like that song at all, really. I think it's pretty boring and dull, and it, and I don't think it holds a lot, um, a lot of value musically. So I wonder if this just isn't kind of the cream of the crop for that one. I do agree that twenty five is not as compelling as twenty one. No, twenty one is actually a really good album. I uh, really like "Make You Feel My Love." Well, it's because it's a, it's a good Bob, song. It's a Bob Dylan song. I know. She covered. Uh, she kind of. Um, reminds me a little bit of Nora Jones on that song. I could see that. Except not as uh, compelling, to be honest with you. You don't think that she's... Do you mean that as like a writer or as like a vocalist? I mean that in terms of the song's itself's competition. What it reminds me of is uh, Don't Know Why by Nora Jones. Mm-hmm. And when you listen to Don't Know Why, the piano is more of a, ja- of a jazz piano and it's more forward. Right. There are parts where like the strings come in on... Uh, Make you feel my love, where I'm like, if you would just bring that a little more forward in the mix and make it have some kind of like, uh, some like real feeling to it, then this would be kind of cool. But you didn't. It's just all the musical aspects kind of just become a backdrop for the singing, which is good, you know. But it just gets lost because it doesn't have anything else to it for me. So, but I thought I still thought it was a pretty good song. I just don't think it's. I think that she could use with. I'm not a big fan of like pop songs where the artist sings over piano for almost every song. I was so. I was going to say you could stop at just the first couple words. Yeah. I'm not a fan of pop songs. And that's it. That's what you I like say, some really. pop songs. I've I've come into it. Mm. I've acknowledged that it's okay. I like I like Sugar Sugar Ray. <laughs> sugar Ray that's is the standard. <laughs> that's your bar right there. So Jared, how do you feel about Adele? I like Adele. I I I like uh, nineteen that album when it first came out. I listened to it. I like Chasing Pavements as a song. It's a very good song. Maybe her best song potentially. Um, I like stuff from that album. I didn't know that she was gonna be the biggest thing in the world. You know, when I first listened to it when she was nineteen. Sure, but you know, it kind of the seeds were planted around that time. It helps, I think it helps in music sometimes when you get, like, get that much acclaim in the UK to be able to find success in, in the US and then worldwide. It doesn't happen very often. It does happen occasionally, though. But what did you think about how she became so prominent in the US? Because really... People love her. I don't know. But it came down to really the thing that really blew her up was the Saturday Night Live performance oh, yeah. you think so i think so the way I, that, I mean that's the way that i interpreted it was that like she i mean not that she wasn't popular but after the after the snl performance that she had she climbed the charts very very quickly when was that uh like for what album was that that was 419 one. wasn't it no oh, was it, it for 21 it would have been 21 was way bigger than 19 so it I was don't bigger know. it was bigger. yeah i, don't think, I think she, it was you're I right i don't think she was on that at that time no you're right and I don't think when did when was she on SNL? She was on SNL in two thousand eight. Oh, that was well, the episode with Sarah Palin, and well, it was one of their best rated episodes. Well, uh, that'd be before nineteen, even then. Yes, she was on it oh eight and fifteen. Yeah. So was yeah. was 
You think she, did she so blow up that way in the 08? following day after the SNL performance? Nineteen topped the iTunes charts and ranked at number five at Amazon.com while chasing payments rose into the top 25. The album reached number 11 on the Billboard 200 as a result, a jump of 35 places of the previous week. Hmm. So they ma- it made a huge Well, I mean, that happens leap. every time somebody's on SNL, though. Sure. But yeah, I mean, you can't attribute some of it in the U.S. to that. But, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, the, the second album was way, way bigger than her first album. And then she took a long hiatus because... Uh, between 21 and 25 because as i mentioned previously she had uh some issues with writing because she you know couldn't figure out what she wanted to say and then had a child and and was inspired by her her love of her man and of her child and then wrote songs for her third album for her third album she wrote a makeup album instead of a breakup album Mm. that's what she said Mm. That's unfortunate because they're she separated from her husband in 2019. Oh boy! So that's another breakup. I was going to say the old breakup, yeah. makeup, breakup album um, series. It's I, it's funny because she also like she alluded to the fact that like she only wanted to write, like she wanted to stop naming her albums after her age, mm. after 25, and then 30 rolls around. She's like, I can keep doing that. Yeah. I I would I wish that other artists would have done this because like Willie Nelson it would have been like uh, 23, 23, 24, 24, 17, 18. like <laughs> yeah he, oh it wouldn't God. have worked no he's at like eighty one albums and he's only eight, he's eighty eight so it's like you the, that, the math out. doesn't add up no no that would that would be very difficult for other artists to do yeah well you know a, a couple of things I got a couple of things on some of what you just said. One, I don't even know Chasing Pavements. Mm. I'm not familiar with that song. I don't, that album came out in 2008 when I was in high school and I was not listening to the to the radio. You weren't uh, listening to British pop in, music? In a way where I can hear that. No, I have nothing, to, I have no, no, <laughs> what real were you even doing? Clue. Then? I don't know. I, I don't think I even knew about Adele until 21 came out. But I want you to know that she was born in 1988. And yeah. so in 2008, she would have been 19 for a portion of the year. But in 2011, she would not have been 21. So, and in 2016, she was not 25. Isn't it a, like when she uh, wrote the songs? That's what I think, yes. I believe it was that the, when the songs were written and then produced and so on and so forth. I, I want to know how, how you feel about the songs you wrote at 25 when the album comes out and you're, you're now 28. Let's see. I don't know. You know yeah, what I mean? See, the songs... So, it, it's, it states the album 25 was recorded between 2013 and 2015. It took that long to release? Well, they were recorded for all that time, I, I suppose. And then it, it ended up being a case that it was released at the end of the year in 2015. What a shame. What a shame. I well, mean, it, not that there's always like a uh, you know global pandemic that's preventing albums from coming out, but things come out come up in regular situations yes they do it's just a shame that it takes three years to record a pop album when the beatles could record a pop album in two months like we things used to be a lot different and back in my day it's just weird to think about the fact that how it takes this long to record a pop album which there's a bit of irony in it because if you want we can be honest with ourselves that a lot of pop music is not even worth 
the three years it would take to make a pop album. No. So it's just, the whole thing's just kind of funny in a way. But I wonder, like, uh, it would just be weird to write a song when you're 25. And because the difference between your mid-20s and your late-20s is pretty significant, I think, being a person who's in their late-20s. So I think that uh, if I looked at a song I wrote about stupid things when I was 25 years old, right now I'd be like, what an idiot. So it's weird to have to listen to it and promote those things when you're 28 that you wrote when you're 25. And I want to know what you think about the you that was the person that wrote those things when you're 25. Now that people are just now listening to it. Isn't like that any artist though, like yeah, but period. Not, I not, mean, just because she puts the name on the album doesn't mean that there's a different form of reflection. Like if you look at any art, like, I mean, if you talk about the Beatles, the songs they performed when they were Does in their twenties. Still want to hold our hand. Yeah, but the the albums, but the album when they were released and people were beginning to consume them, they were of the they were still of the age or not much after of the time that they wrote and recorded those things. That's my point. Okay, well then let's do a different example. How about the Rolling Stones when they perform in two thousand? You know, 15? it's not about continuing to perform. It's about when the album is released. I understand what you're it's saying. About the, is it's that about like people's when introduction. When you start promoting the album, but what I'm saying is, is that artists often will promote their music forever. That's not, yeah, but that's like, not what I'm trying to say. If a, if an artist makes a song and they wrote it when they were 23 and it becomes one of the biggest hits in the world, they're not like, well, I don't really want to do he's that saying, song anymore. That's not what I'm saying at in all. In the advertising for the initial album release. No, I, I'm that. saying. I have written a song. Let me say yeah. it. Let me, let me play it out for you. I wrote okay. a song okay. when I was 25 years old about something that happened to me. Because she writes music about how what she feels like when she's... That's part of the appeal of the albums that are named after ages. It's like they're mm-hmm. supposed to capture a feeling of a time period in her life. When you're 28, you have dramatically... You have some pretty different feelings about things. When you're 25, like you can still make some pretty stupid decisions towards other people. Because the reality is, like, even in your mid-20s, you can still are coming into, like, a self-awareness portion of things. Especially if you went to, like, if you go to college, then you're kind of, in a way, separated from people in a sense. You know what I mean? So, you're, you know, you're still surrounded by a lot of people your same age. You still, you know. So, the thing is, like, I wrote a song then. I had feelings then. If my feelings have changed, and now people are just listening to it. I'm just, everyone else is just now experiencing what I already experienced. And now I have to go in and act and like back that up in the moment at this very moment, because people are just now interested in it. And it's been, it's been, I'm separated from it and no one else is. Just agree with them so we can move on. Whatever. (laughs) I quit. Goodbye. Goodbye. Hello. Is it you? Is it me you're looking for? You said you wanted to move on. I'm waiting for you to move on. You got nothing to say? Hmm? I, I like the SNL performance. I, I, I put it in the playlist, I believe. But they, uh, Ali, I don't know, AD Bryant uh, will sometimes be Adele on the show. That's pretty good, too. That's good stuff right there. I don't know. Adele's okay. I like uh, Skyfall from the movie Skyfall. She's, of course, known uh, her and. Uh, Paul McCartney and Tina Turner. Those are the main people that have done James Bond songs. That's what you think. Yeah. Her her, her version is uh, is tied with, uh, wasn't it? Um, 
Hi. Gosh. Wasn't it Duran Duran? I don't know. What does this mean to you? Hold on. Tied with what? Hold on. Let me see if I can find the the information again. Um, uh, I thought you, maybe you would remember Bailey, this. And just would... Bailey Eilish has a song for a James Bond movie that has yet to come out. It was supposed to be out months ago. That is too, true. It was supposed to be out. Yeah. Um, so enter the Billboard Hot 100 at number eight. Uh, this tied Skyfall with Duran Duran's A View to Kill as the highest charting James Bond theme song on the UK singles charts. UK, yes. Because Duran Duran, I don't think it, I don't know about the US as much. They're, they're not going to do so well on that one. They had success in the US, but not as much as Adele. They, were, they just weren't hungry enough. They were not hungry enough. What do you okay? So I guess this is this is really where the biggest question lies. Adele, like you said, is perhaps the biggest thing. Like she is like the, her sales, yes, her commercial appeal, the her reach in terms of like how many people actually like seek out her music mm-hmm. is kind of unmatched at this point. Mm. Is it really like worth it? I think so. I mean, I I, I don't really. Tyler seems can to you, say no, but I get what if you don't enjoy it, that's fine. But you can't like discount it. That's what I. You know, is is it worth it? If it it obviously is for a lot of people, right? It's like her, Taylor Swift, and Drake. Those are the three biggest artists in the whole world. Seems like Post Malone is kind of getting there, but he's like very fresh. Drake's been doing it for a long time. Adele's been doing it for three albums for 12 years. You know, I think that's one of the more interesting things about Adele is the fact that there's such a gap. So she's somehow able to maintain a certain level of relevance, even when she has multiple years between and albums. It's always relevant when you're talking about, when you write songs about who you are at a certain point in your life. Like we talked about that a little bit when we talked about how when you we we asked about uh, continuing to write songs for I don't remember what episode it was on recently because it was an older artist would it be worth a new album coming out this mm, or that yes. and it's like you that's why I was saying like you write music for you and you have to write it for the people listening so it has to be something there so any music that people can digest because they share something with it which in her case people share you can share things with all sorts of stuff in her music even if you're not necessarily at the you know the age or point in your life that she was at when she wrote it. And that makes things relevant regardless. Like that type of relevancy doesn't it doesn't end. Then when you mix that with like the type of pop music she sings, which is always kind of it, that stuff is always going to be popular to an extent. She's not, um, you know, she's she's not doing something like totally groundbreaking anymore, kind of thing. You know, like at the t- earlier on in her career, it was kind of pop music that was going to become popular. I mean, we see Sam Smith who has a very similar style who became popular as well. You know, like we, that kind of pop music became something uh, that people really wanted to hear as we moved into the 2000 teens. So like she just continued to do that, which is fine because it works and, and people like it. But the relevancy of like what she's talking about, especially I think is something that's easy to maintain. Yes. That makes sense. What do you think, Caleb? I... I think that she has the kind of voice that really like carries her forward. I think that like the amount of work that she has done on her voice mm-hmm. is very very like notable. 
the, the, she's talked about it quite a bit too. And like, there are even like people who like, they have said like her singing is far better than her songwriting. And she's like, I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, that you're right. My, my voice is pretty great. I, I mean, she's like, she really like mostly trained herself vocally by listening to other artists and especially like in soul music and kind of like taught well, she, herself. She went to the Brit school. So Ooh, the Brit school. I mean, that that's a, a lot she of wrote a Brit school bop people, musician, you know, people get oh, musicians and actors. It's, it's a technical school for the performing arts. So, mm. I mean, she had a place to be able to hone in that right. the craft of singing, right. You know, where she was supported and, and she could learn. I, th- I mean, there are very few, there are very few artists that we cover uh, when we go to their, um, their page on our, our, you know, our Lord and Savior Wikipedia, and it has an entire section just breaking down, like, what type of vocal she has, and how many, like, which notes that she can hit, and what her range is, and, like, like what other artists are broken down that, like, clearly about just their vocal range? Freddie Mercury, that's about it. You know? That's about it, yeah. I would say you're probably right. I can't think of many other artists whose, like, range is so, like, wide, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah. I I think that that's really the thing that that really holds her above others, is that while she is making pop music, and she's making songs that kind of have a pop structure, and they're written in a way that would be easy to be a pop song, she performs them so, like, majestically that it's kind of hard to argue that they're not bigger than what you would expect to be a pop song. So, yeah. Do you know who she listened to when she was trying to hone in her voice as a teen? Etta James. Indeed. She listened to Etta James. She said she listened to her every night for an hour while she was trying to, which is, you know, Etta James, some pretty good stuff. Every time there. she'd fall asleep, she'd say, at last. <laughs> That's what she was looking for. That's true. I I did find uh her her like taste in music very eclectic. Mm. And she's like clear it was odd because like in interviews the way she talked about artists she's just like constantly excited. Mm. Like they would name an artist she's like I'm the biggest fan of Queen. I love Queen. They're great. And then she's like the Spice Girls changed my life. And it's like who else has said that the Spice Girls have changed their life? A lot life? of people. A lot of people. Mel B for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Uh she like she's a huge fan of Beyonce, mm-hmm. who is also an artist that we have not mentioned, who's one of arguably the biggest artists, period. Eh. You think eh? I don't think that her she hasn't had like a ton of commercial success who, who recently. You, what? Beyonce? Yeah. Uh, where have you been living, pal? What? Where's recently? Within yeah. the last few albums, lemonade? lemonade. Yeah, lemonade is. It was in. Everyone went crazy over that. Yeah, album. Lemonade was a massive album. Yeah, you know, it, I blame Tidal. who run the world. I I blame Title because it's some stuff is going only on there. It's buried and it's buried. It's buried in Jay Z's website. Buried in Jay Z's website. Sure, go ahead. Um, huge fan of uh, Jeff Buckley's Grace. Oh, That's yeah. a good one. Everybody loves that one. She, uh, huge fan of Madonna. Yeah. 
she has expressed admiration for many I thought she had modern artists. She likes all the things that everybody else likes. Spice That's Girls? That's what it's... Yeah, people love the Spice Girls. Who? Everybody from the 90s. They were like the biggest group in the UK. Do you I not guess. understand she's not from the United States? I do. And I do know the UK. that. They were very big, like as big as they were here, which they were very big here. They were 10 times as big in the UK. I suppose that's fair. Yeah, it's true. Not just fair. Well, we were both, we both had a weird short-sightedness where I, I, I didn't see the, how big the, they are. You yes, but not. you didn't recognize how big Beyonce is. No. <laughs> yes. No. Oh, and of Amy Winehouse. Yeah, people love yeah, her too. In the true. UK, especially. Yeah. yeah, she wasn't able to blow up here because, you know, twenty seven. Oh, you know what would have been awful is if Adele would have had an album called Twenty Seven, and then, uh oh, bummer. That would have sucked. I guess I don't know. Oh boy, you play some songs. Yeah, we haven't really played. We have, we have not. We've played interest. literally nothing. Actually, we played Hello. That's it. Hello, hello. Oh, hello. There, a lot of people have covered that song. Uh, yeah, I know. I saw. There's an entire playlist of like seven hours of people covering "Hello." It's insane. It. it I. It. I would like to find another song that has seven hours of covers. Uh, I don't know. Something by the Beatles, probably. Probably, yeah. Probably, yeah. Um, I still like the "Rolling in the Deep" cover. From what was a pop go or punk goes pop mm-hmm. three yes three um four four dang punk goes pop volume four and it was also uh well not the same but another the song when we were young was on punk goes pop seven uh it's Andy Black and Juliet Sims and we saw Andy Black uh, Tyler and I last year at a at a festival yeah he did not i don't think he performed that song but no he did not he was not his dad was there his dad was there but yeah you want to play the go radio cover sure you're talking about see how i leave with every piece of you don't underestimate the things that i will do I feel like they did something different with that one. Yes. It's a little bit more punk. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's punk, baby. You think people thought that she was saying shit bear? (laughs) What? When she says, or he, I guess he said it, but she also said it. Uh, Go ahead and sell me out and I'll lay your ship bear. Shit bear? Yeah. I'm just imagining a, a bear made of shit. Mm. That's that's where, when you said that, that's all my brain went to. Are you supposed to do that when a bear attacks you? You're supposed to like cover yourself in it so they can't smell you? I mean, if a bear where shits gonna, in the woods. Where are you going to get it? A pile. If a bear attacks you, you have time to smear yourself. You look around. In feces that you must first locate. You just look around. Yeah, that's the kind of... Every time there's walk, a bear, quick shit. Every time you walk in the woods, you have an automatic uh, like a, a peripheral. You look and see where is the pile. That's that's not how it in works. In case a bear attacks. It's not at all how it works. It's not even... It's not even... Who's a pile of... Are you looking... What? Pile of bear? <laughs> You're so... Yeah. You're looking for bear dung? Yes. 
No. They won't go back and find no. their own dung. The no. only see here's the thing: before bear attacks, it will shit and give you about a two to three minute yeah. window before it attacks. That's it. It's offering you the chance if you don't put this fecal matter on your body you're asking, right now. You're asking to be attacked by that bear. Asking for me to kill you. You're clearly Do signaling it. to it That's by right. not smearing yourself in the in the patty it just laid. You that know, you want to be eaten. When when you are in the presence of a bear, when it begins to start releasing its bowels, uh-huh. you know that you are in trouble. Yeah. The best thing to do, really, is to slide right under the bear's booty, right in the middle oh of it. My. I mean, you can't get sooner than that. That's so quick. The bear's like, oh, okay. You and are they ready. just walk right away. Very, very. They don't even, even have to smell you or think about it first. They just realize that you're, you're the, the, the duty is dropping directly from the bear's, the bear's behind right onto you and they're like okay fine and now you're embarrassed and that's why and that's what they want they want they want you to be submissive bears are traditionally very very dominant creatures yeah almost as dominant as adele is in the charts oh yes way way to come back to it she's dominating do you uh do you like the go radio cover more than uh old greta van fleet Oh boy! Probably, I yeah, I like the Garrido cover more than old Greta Van Fleet. Yes, um, I uh, she's done some interesting work with other people. Not very much, very little. Yeah, but she did a song um on a tribute album to Brandy Carlisle, which is interesting considering, you know, like she's done almost nothing for other people for her to do a song. Uh, it was a cover of Brandy Carlisle on a album that was like covers of Brandy Carlisle. And then she's also worked with uh, the Rockin' Tours on the song Many Shades of Black. That was on their album and then they made another version, I guess, with her. Uh, you might want to play that one. That one's okay. And then she also did a cover of Need You Now for the Country Music Awards and sung that song. To Lady A, uh, formerly known as Lady Antebellum, with Darius Rucker, which was an interesting collaboration to have old Hootie, his voice with Adele. Which one do you, do you want to play? Many Shades of Black? Or you want to yeah, play the Adele Darius Rucker one? Many Shades of Black is good. Okay. See if I shed a single sorry tear. Can't say it has been that great. No, in fact, it's been a wasted worried That is uh, very instrumentally different from mm. what you would expect from an Adele song. So you can definitely feel the influence of the uh, the old. Well, they're on. The, they're on it. Hmm? She performed it with the Rock and Tours. I was saying that you can see the influence of the Rock and Tours. Yes. In the song, mm. but thank you for not letting me say that. Well, you're making it sound like she like covered it. But no. she didn't really cover it. She performed it with them. There's a difference. I'm saying it sounds not like a usual Adele song. Yes, that's fair. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. You seem confused. I was not. I was quite not confused. Are you going to mention uh, your, your, uh, your recent infatuation with Machine Gun Kelly and his cover of Chasing Pavement? No, it's not very good. Not very good? No. 
I don't have a recent infatuation with Machine Gun Kelly. How dare you? You've been getting excited about his stuff. I'm interested in the new album. That's it. We'll see how it pans out. Fair enough. So on Patreon, we also had a comment from our uh, our friend of the show, John. And he said, my wife flew to Phoenix to see Adele. Said it was the best concert she's ever seen. Wow. Really? All the way to Phoenix? Yeah. I would, uh, pretty, I would, I would see away. Adele. She doesn't tour very often. And so when she does, it's very important. And I'm yeah. sure it sells out and the boot, the... You know, tickets are way expensive, but mm-hmm. right. I almost talked took my sister to see Adele, but then tickets were insane. It's yeah. astronomical, I'm sure. Who really? tours with her? I don't know. Maybe One Direction. Oh no, I don't know. That I, it would be hard to think of who would be like the right person to tour with an Adele. Yeah, you got to get someone good in there, though. You don't want some nasty One Direction people. Most of and the they're time, ruining Adele's tour. Big shows like that, they don't have an opener. Yeah, which is that's just unfortunate. Yeah, she could that you had the opportunity to win somebody. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, just show some, you know, promote someone else's work, or just like, I mean, I'm not me as a person who goes to concerts. I don't ever like going to concerts where it's just one person. Yeah, I mean, even though I'm an opener, I'm like, I didn't. I mean, it, that's all nice, but I paid a bunch of money, and I see, and I came to see you, yes, but like. It, I feel kind of gypped when there's no opener. I went, in fact, I saw Bonnie Vare in Indy a couple of years ago at White River State Park. And I didn't know the, I don't think it was 30, 40 bucks. You know, it's like what the same price that Live Nation stuff normally is. And uh, I didn't, I was unaware of the specifics of it, whether there would be an opener. And there was not. And he just played like a normal hour long set. And then that was it. And I'm huh. like, dude, this is supposed to be like, you know, I guess if you played like a very large set. It could make up for potentially not having an opener, but like, right? It's still a thing. I, I just would. I don't think if I were a musician, I would ever do a tour without someone with you know touring with me, opening or whatever. I mean, if you're the big, I mean, yeah, if, so you, I'm the big if you're person. not the big artist, you would want them to do the right, same thing. If right. nobody has an opening act, right. then nobody ever gets the exposure. Exactly. So, and and a lot of shows, for instance, in the music that uh, I've often seen, like when we saw Men's, like a lot of shows have. Multiple openers, two yeah. openers, even at least. So. At least Weird Al had a symphony. He did. He did have an mm. opening, opening symphony with the symphony. He did. Bob Dylan, when I've seen him twice, has not had an opener. But at the same time, he's like seventy years old, and if I were him, I would be afraid that whoever opened for me would outshine. Me. I don't think that would happen. Mm. Like uh, like a rock band playing, and you're like, okay, yeah, but, let's get you pumped for Bob Dylan. He comes waddling out. Yeah, but people came to see Bob Dylan, and I he's know. the he's the the only time that I've ever seen that happen is when we saw Weezer. Yeah, and Pixies destroyed them. <laughs> <laughs> they did. So, that was the most fun part did. about that concert. The Weezer one was guessing the next song. That That's was, true. That was so much fun. That was enjoyable. And when he got into the crowd, thought he was a. He didn't know he was in Indiana. He just thought he was on a somewhere tropical. Yeah. With his outfit and his gitter. Anywho. Thanks for the comment, John. So, all right. I think we've hit our quota of Adele. All right. That's fair. Let's transition over. I think that this might be one of our biggest uh, changes between two artists mm. is 
one of the biggest selling artists and then an underground hip-hop artist. That's fair. Two very different worlds, yes. I would say. Two worlds, one family. That's... I hate that. I deeply hate what you just did. Phil Collins. So Del the Funky Homo Sapien. Yes. Uh, I would say most people are probably familiar with him because of Clint Eastwood. Yeah, that's true. But they Almost don't know exclusively, it's him. yes. They don't know it's him. They think it's... A ghost. Um, no, uh, I always, I always thought, oh, who, who is that group? Uh, De La Soul. I always thought uh, that because they also worked with the Gorillas. Yes, and I think that I just kind of associated the rapping parts, like some of them, to the group that they had performed with when I knew. You know what I mean? Right. But it's definitely not De La Soul. It's Del the no. Funky Homo Sapien. It's also not MF Doom, who also has collaborated with them. There's a lot of artists on Demon Days, like hip hop artists, that like you would not have expected for gorillas to have like latched onto. But the what I thought was interesting about it was that Gorillas had Dell on the first release. Yeah, the debut. So that meant that like he was kind of like the standard bearer really of what uh, the gorillas bringing in hip hop artists was gonna do, and that became a pretty important thing in music, like the the blending of gorillas music with hip hop. Mm-hmm. So he kind of he kind of set an important tone, and is maybe is not as appreciated for it as he should. Why don't you just play that that verse? Let's do that. That way we have the people have an understanding of what we're talking about. Finally, someone let me out of my cage. Now, time for me is nothing because I'm counting no A's. Now, I couldn't be there. Now, you shouldn't be scared. I'm good at repairs and I'm under each snare. Intangible. Bet you didn't think so. I command you to. Panoramic view. Look, I'll make it all manageable. Pick and choose. Sit and lose. All you different crews. Chicks and dudes. So you think is really kicking tunes. Picture you getting down. It's a very memorable verse. Hmm. Yes. I've done it in karaoke once. I know. First time I ever did karaoke was Clint Eastwood, actually. Oh, my. Really, nice. it, it broke the seal for me. Mm-hmm. He also did, uh, he was on the song Rock the House on that album, so that wasn't his only performance on the Gorillaz album. Well, it was still the biggest. Oh, yeah. Arguably, Clint Eastwood may be their biggest song. I doubt it because of how popular no. Demon Days was. Feel Good Inc. Feel Good Inc. is took over yeah, in the you're spot. Right, you're right, you're right. Other, I mean, other than that, yeah, it's the second biggest, but Feel Good Inc., which has De La Soul. Yes. That's what I was thinking yes. with them. That makes sense. So they would just kind of keep doing that with them. So mm. I have been a big fan of Dell for quite a long time. And unsurprisingly, yes, it all stems from video games. Yep. He had a lot of songs, uh, like a weird amount of songs, like based out of like skateboarding and like biking and snowboarding games. It's like Matt Hoffman, um, BMX. He was on Tony Hawk pro skater three, three. the right one and American underground. Okay. And he's an NBA two K five. It said, I read that the hieroglyphics are an unlockable, like team of some kind oh, on there. That. That's interesting. Which is, that's his, uh, his hip hop group. To, uh, his like early to understand. 
We got you. Got to talk about it like nobody's heard it. That's a good point. You can't just say, "Oh yeah, the hieroglyphics." Like people know what that is. You're right. You should explain what you know the thing who, is. You know what they will know? What will they know? Ice Cube. Yes, his cousin. He is related to Ice Cube. I didn't know that until this week. Yeah, I found that to be interesting. He was, I think, a working. I think Ice Cube worked on one of his albums, and then. Um, for the next album, he didn't want Ice Cube to work with him anymore because yeah. he wanted to do his own. Like he didn't like the production that he did or something. Which I think is that's interesting. Yeah, which it makes sense. Like he's not Dale the Funky Homo Sapien isn't like a West Coast rapper. No, you know, like he's not. He, it's not the same style at all. No, so very much not. He he definitely uh, has a little bit more of an abstract sound, yeah. especially uh, on the album that I have like come to enjoy the most from him which is his project Deltron Deltron 3030 mm-hmm. that one is like that one is considered a uh rap opera of sorts cuz it's like a concept album i looked at like other rap operas and i i very much enjoyed the list it's it's quite interesting the idea of other artists making a rap opera but that album just in general is that just hamilton I mean, kind of, yeah. <laughs> if it if it hadn't have been for Dell the Funky Homo yeah, Sapien, okay. would we have Hamilton? I don't know. That's a good question. Anyways, um, that album is just kind of in general a very very odd project. That album is a concept album, as I mentioned, and the concept is about uh, a cast of characters, including Deltron Zero, which is Dell the Funky Homo Sapien. Uh, he's a there's a disillusioned mech soldier there uh, is a computer rebelling against 31st century new world order and the um, the new world order is suppressing human rights and hip-hop and Dell has a rap battle series throughout the album trying to fight to be the galactic rhyme federation champion all of that is happening within the confines of of an album. What's going on? The GRFC? Yes. Champion? The GRFC. That's something. A prestigious title in the 31st century, might I add. Oh, yes, of course. What a thing. Quite the thing. Was that, did that come out in the 90s? No Surprisingly, 2000. yeah, I was going to say right at 2000. Oh, sounds like a 90s thing. It does sound like a 90s thing. Hmm. Another one is like Prince Paul. He has a... Um, a, a rap opera, if you will. Um, what was the other one that I saw? Oh, that also, that album has very weird samples. Oh, yes. They uh, at po- they sample Placebo on the first track. Okay. They sample uh, De La Soul, of course. They sample the movie Airplane. Okay. They sample the TV series Battlestar Galactica. Yes. Uh, it's, a, it's a sci-fi album, so that's good. Yeah, I think that makes sense, too. Yeah, that's a good point. And then on two different points in the album, they uh, sampled the song, and that sang a lot by Christine McVeigh. McVeigh? What is it? What did you just say? And that sang a lot. And that sang a lot. That's the name of the song. Oh. I don't know what that is. It's uh, She's the one from um, Tyler's favorite group, Fleetwood Mac. Oh, I see. Yes. I see. I understand. Is it McVie? Now. Yeah, McVie. I think so. Okay. I was trying to make sure I pronounced it correctly. Christine McVie. Good job. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. 
an odd thing to put into an intergalactic planetary 31st yes <laughs> that precise thing yes that precise thing why don't you play mr dabalina that's my favorite song by him do you like that one yeah that's a good song it's in my hip-hop playlist Mr. Dabalina, Mr. Bob Dabalina, Mr. Bob Dabalina, won't you quit? You really make me sick with your fraudulent behavior. You're gonna make me flip and then an army couldn't save you. Why don't you behave, you little rug rat? Take a little tip from the tabloid. Because I know I'm not paranoid. When I say I saw you trying to mock me, now you and your crew are on a mission trying to hawk me. I like his flow a lot. Mm-hmm. Very different from other like hip-hop artists. That was a sample of the monkeys. Did you know that? On the song Zilch. Uh, it was like an interlude, uh, and they just like as a, kind of a warm up, I guess. Maybe they say Mr. Dabalina, Mr. Bob Dabalina, and, and then they just kind of say some more things. And what Dell said about that song is he's basically created what he thought Bob Dabalina was for that song. So, like, okay, this, this this name just in an interlude of a monkey song. He's like, okay, who is Bob Dabalina? And then he like figured it out, and he wrote this entire like character of 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 Mr. Bob Dabalina. I love that. That's great. It is truly a wonderful. What concept. a strange thing. Yeah, he's a, he's a he's a an odd character for sure. He's worked hasn't he worked with Aesop Rock? Yes, who we mm-hmm. enjoy as well. He's also worked with Wu Tang Clan. Mm-hmm. He uh, I I some of the songs um, that we listened to, I I heard. Like the, I heard Aesop Rock in some of the delivery of of Dell, mm-hmm. and it's probably kind of you know like they influence each other and you know whatever. But it's interesting. I like the collaborations of um, underground hip hop people. Like, yeah, that's cool. That like okay, I like this guy, and this guy is friends with this guy, and you know like you can do this entire like uh, mapping of underground hip hop people. Yeah, like bus drivers a part of that. Mm-hmm. Danny Brown was a part of some of that, but mm-hmm. now he's more mainstream, which is fine because he's bringing along underground people in his right. success. But yeah, I mean, I've I've kind of you know kind of kept up. Maybe I don't want to say like uh, followed a lot, but I've tried to keep up with underground stuff to the best of my ability. It's difficult because like there's all these different branches now. Um, like you have like YouTube rappers, you have like, you know, all the people, the offshoot of like the, uh, um, Tyler, the creator's friends, you know, like all these different like ways to find underground stuff. And some of it's really good. Some of it's really bad. And you're trying to figure out what's good and what's bad in the world of hip hop. It is hard to keep up often because there's a lot of hip hop. Yeah. A lot of hip hop. But uh fortunately dell comes from a time where underground hip-hop was kind of a a tight-knit small section of music really and so most of it was quite good Uh, what i thought was odd was you would think that like dell the funky homo sapien would have been the type of person to be on def jucks which is aesop rocks label lp's label so on and so forth he had an album with them but it was like near the tail end of them even existing. Hmm. Like I, it was odd that he would even come in at that point in time. I read that he um, received a letter from his record label 
that they told him he had been terminated from his contract mm-hmm. and he just created his own label. Yep. Like he's like, well, and he's not going to go looking for another one. He'll just make his own, which is interesting. Like, that's cool that he just didn't get too discouraged. And he was just like, well, now freedom. Well, you now know? freedom. That's a good way to look at it. Oh, yesterday I was watching um, a live performance of them doing the Deltron 3030 album. And it's very odd. They like, like they don't just like have, I mean, they have record scratching on it, but mm-hmm. like a lot of the instrumentation is done like in the moment. I'm going to play a little bit of um, part of the the performance really quickly because like as I was watching, I was like, this doesn't even feel like the same music when it comes down to it. Transmutations, brand new statement. Have gaping open. Check it out, y'all. Wow, let's see. Delton C. All the vigilance start the adventure. Hit you with nerve gas, surplus, crash, spacecraft, a bio It's like way bigger. Mm. It, even though it's like really big on the album, but like the live performance, like like with like the the background vocalists and like there's a conductor. Mm-hmm. You don't really think of there being a conductor when someone goes up to perform a rap album. No, not very often. That was on KEXP, which is mm-hmm. a Seattle-based um, radio station. Uh, they've done some interesting things um, on YouTube as well. So I'm a big fan of KEXP. It's a fun little thing that they did. Their 40-minute performance of Old Dell. Mm-hmm. So, Tyler, what are your thoughts on Old Dell? He's pretty good. Pretty good. I like his music. It's pretty interesting. Brings in some interesting samples and sounds and stuff. So, yeah, it's good. Good stuff. So, I found what may be one of the very few, if not only, very odd uh, things that he's featured in, I suppose, uh, which is him being featured in the show Craig of the Creek on Cartoon Network. It is real. It's Deltron Thirty Thirty, mm-hmm. um, which I guess I could have explained a little bit better. Deltron Thirty Thirty is uh, Del the Funky Homo Sapien, as well as um, two like producers, the automator, and then a DJ. And the DJ's name is um, DJ Kid Koala. Mm. And so, uh, in Craig of the Creek, he's playing a robot, and the robot has this little like uh, tape box on his chest, and it's called the automator. So it's like the producer is like attached to him as the the hip hop robot, but uh, he like actually made songs specifically for the TV Craig show. Of the Creek. Yeah, which is not like a massively popular Cartoon Network show. No, but with with Cartoon Network, you have no earthly idea what's going to be like big and what isn't. Like it's so weird because they just put out all kinds of shows, and then you just hope that something is Adventure Time. Yeah, or the regular show or Rick Steven Universe, or, yeah, yeah all those things. Yeah, but like Craig of the Creek could have been that possibly, but they have no clue, right? So, I mean, it is what it is. Play that clip. I 
I'm here from the future. I know you don't believe me. I'm Deltron. This is Automator. We had to retreat somewhere remote where we could be alone. Continue our studies of the ancient funk flows. Didn't expect to see others in the zone. My calculator is off. I thought I was alone. Keep this creek a secret. You understand? There could be soldiers from the future tracing where I am. My mission uncover more analog. Wowza. Wowza indeed. Nice. Odd thing to be on a Cartoon Network show. Eh. I, no, no, there's nothing odd on Cartoon Network anymore. No, not really. No. They can kind of do whatever they want. I'm not sure which one I find uh, to be a more compelling character. A uh, robot from the future or a ghost of a hip-hop artist haunting the inside of a drummer. That's uh, the second one. I yeah. think you're right. Yeah. I think you're right. That whole that whole concept of him as uh, the Del the Ghost for Gorillas, I love that he's like inside of the lore of Gorillas. Like mm-hmm. that's how important he is to that like first album was that he was a character inside of Gorillas. Like who else is actually a character inside Gorillas outside of Gorillas? Mm, that's true. All right. Are we ready to vote? You got any more for us? I don't think he so. He also has a cameo in Jonah Hill's movie mid-90s. Oh, that's oh. true. He did have a, a, a couple. He also had a... Or is that the one where he's the homeless person? Mm-hmm. It is that one. Who was the other person who was... Uh, there was another person. Oh, it's... Because uh... I thought it was odd to see both of their names. Oh, yeah. Chad Muska. Yeah, Chad Muska. Yeah. Chad Muska, the uh, uh, skateboarder. It was a skateboard movie. Oh, well, that makes sense then. Have you seen it? No. Oh, yeah, it's a skateboard movie. Hmm. Kind of. Is it good? It's okay. I, yeah, it depends on who you ask. I, I found it to be uh, kind of uh, inaccurate and a little bit over overdone in terms of uh, the excessiveness of the story. Okay. And then in the end, it kind of amounts to nothing. So I found it... If I were to give it a pass fail, it would be a fail for me. Gotcha. Okay. I looked forward to watching it, and then I watched it, and I'm like, didn't do it, Jonah. Sorry. It does make sense he'd be in that movie, because he's so like weirdly entrenched in like the extreme sports world. That's true. So, and, Oh, also, at the beginning of that KEXP performance, he comes out holding a skateboard. Oh. He and was, I was like... He's in. He's in. He's entrenched for real. For real. Hey, Tyler. Yeah. About Del the Funky Homo Sapien. Mm-hmm. Did you know that he collaborated with someone else that was very different? Perhaps Dinosaur Jr.? Oh, really? Yeah. Hey, that's pretty interesting right there. Isn't it? Yeah, that's pretty cool. I, 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 Yeah, I, I found as I was looking through things, like things that he had collaborated on, and I would say that uh, Dinosaur Jr. would stick out like a sore thumb. Yeah, that's dramatically different there. Let me show you what it sounds like. Pretty good rap rock. I would say so. Yeah. 
on par with the chili peppers. Yeah. No. All right, let's step away. <laughs> it's twice this episode you've pissed me off. <laughs> I will go ahead and vote first. Yes. And I will admit that this one is one of the tougher ones that I have had because I love Del the Funky Homo Sapien as a hip-hop artist. He's a wonderful underground hip-hop artist. Uh, Deltron 3030, one of my favorite albums in like underground hip-hop. But Adele is kind of important, kind of like, you know, like it's hard to argue that anybody is the good band over an Adele. So I'm not sure if I can vote for one or the other, but I'm going to go ahead and give my vote to Dell, the funky homo sapien. Uh, I was wondering when you would finally just say it. I had to explain. Mm. I'm not allowed. I'm not allowed to state my feelings and I just have to vote now. You can state them. Just do it faster. Never. <laughs> when you go to the, the, the voting box oh, no. for a presidential election, any election, you have really, to, you shouldn't only do it for a president. Great point. Vote in the primaries, everybody. Um, you have to write down at least a small paragraph to explain why you voted. That's not true. That's not true. You don't do that? No, you're supposed to turn it into the people at the voting attendance booth when you yeah, sign up. Yeah, if you up. write anything additional, your vote doesn't get counted. Yeah. So you're just throwing away your vote. That's why you give it to them when you It's come. like you're voting for a third-party candidate. Wait, what? At that point. They throw away my vote if I add, add a whole paragraph? Yeah, all you're supposed to do is... Oh, is i got to stop doing that. Is then. make a, a black box you have to totally color it in if you don't then it doesn't get counted either it's awful it is awful but my vote wasting a lot of pencil lead my my black box goes to dell the funky homo sapien on this occasion cool i will vote for adele i don't need to explain fair enough i think uh i like dell the funky homo sapien but i think i'll probably just vote for adele oh there we go did you put anything on patreon yeah What's it say? Oh, it's a it's a resounding Adele. Oh, resounding Adele. That's yes, good. Uh, unanimous vote, all Adele, all day. That's Adele right. is the winner yes. on this occasion. That's right. Which is why I felt comfortable voting for Adele, the Funky Homo Sapien, because uh-huh. I knew that he would not win, and it would make my heart happy to know that at least he received my vote. I've done that before. I know you have. I know you have. I cannot criticize. (laughs) All right. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of Good Band, Bad Band. Let us know who you think is a good band. Follow us on our various social media platforms. Find us on Patreon.com, Facebook, uh, our website. Very popular website. One of the most popular websites. Uh, Next week, we're talking about Nick Drake. Nick Drake and Drake. Nick Drake. Goodbye. It's not even. It's not even. Who's a pile of? Are you like what pile of bear?